0: Okay, five, four, three, two, one. Hello, and welcome to another edition of the uh, Reese Leaves podcast. Today's uh, um, discussion is going to be about um, specifically about the early albums by Psychic TV, and I'm joined by Andy Hayes. Hello uh Andy, would you like to introduce yourself tell uh perhaps uh, just describe what uh, what it is you do and what your relationship is to
1: music um I run Roger Black Forest, which is a night I've spent five years in Birmingham, which showcases how do i mad to say avant-garde and unusual music yes interesting music yeah. um i 've been into psychic t v since I was fourteen years old, probably not the best age to get into psychic t v but Now I'm 35, so I'm looking back at, um, well, nearly a quarter of a century being into psychic television, and Ben has recently informed me he's come into a vast, well, not vast collection. It's a good portfolio. A good portfolio of um, rare psychic TV ephemera, so.
0: Yeah, we'll be having a look at uh, something that I um, um, bought on eBay recently, and it's obviously come from... Someone very closely connected uh, with the design stage of um, uh, the, these classic albums, um, and just before we get into what the what the horde is, I think it's uh, an, an interesting moment. I I was uh, about fourteen as well when I uh, fourteen or fifteen when I first uh, encountered uh, some of these albums, and I think it's a classic moment of uh, how it is that you actually get to uh, you know what your first exposure is to. Um, Uh, a sort of secondary layer of becoming interested in music after your sort of pop years and uh, recognising that uh, there are all these, uh, you know, these these bands that um, don't appear on the radio, they're never on top of the pops. uh, And, uh, yeah, so the sudden realisation there's a whole world of interesting stuff going on that you know nothing about. I think
1: there couldn't be really a better catalyst than Psychic TV and... (laughs)
0: <laughs> just just the most curious thing when i was uh, so i was in um denton public library in manchester and i think it must have been about 15 and going through the um the various albums uh, in their um music uh, uh, library and i can't really remember what i was looking looking for and i remember there's a a key moment where I could have co- gone home with Blumange album, uh, album, <laughs> living living on the ceiling, which you actually played at the yeah, uh, your yeah, most yeah. recent event. It was yeah. a, uh, an interesting, uh, <laughs> uh, a, a pivotal moment for me. And I thought, shall I get that, or shall I try Psychic TV's Dreams Less Sweet? Um, I've never heard of them. Um, uh, in fact, now's a good time to bring out the the, the first uh, element of the, uh, the hall. And that is a, a print proof. So we're looking at something that's uh, two feet across, one feet one foot high, uh, um, and it's both the um, the front, the back, and the spine art in one print as a test print. Um, and everything that you uh, the first thing then that, that I ever encountered about psychic TV is in this image. And um, I I've, I've been intrigued by it ever since and just any reissue that might have um, extra um um album uh, tracks or uh, um demo tracks and so on then it 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 really just feels like the um the holy grail of uh, um
1: finding uh, just that little tantalizing bit extra this is um the lp as I was previously talking about earlier which was meant to originally been genesis physiology's genital piercing on the front which I believe it was withdrawn and replaced with a, a pierced plant, an orchid. Yes. On the front in reference to The Trap Orchids on the record. Yes, yeah,
0: a, a classic bit of um, Peter Christopherson um, um, visual pun as, as well. Yeah. So um, Sleazy or Peter Christopherson's other career um, at this time was uh, graphic designer with um, hypnosis d- design team. And um, they were fond of their um, reframing, surreal reframing of images or visual puns, and it's it's easy to uh, to miss on first glance. But uh, the, um, uh, the the middle of this uh, uh, big green orchid has a, a gold um, uh, ring. At that time, in you know, in 1983, there was no clue. You know, most people would not have any kind of clue. That um, that particular ring with the separate ball enclosure uh, was a a, a a piercer's, you know, a, 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 a sort of counterculture piercer's specific ring. Uh, now it's it is very common, you know, uh, but at the time this this really would have been a radical thing and an in joke for people, you know, who did happen to know this crazy secret. That the the band all had these uh, yeah, genital, think,
1: genital yeah. piercings within the psychic TV definite fan groups, um, Temple of Psychic Youth, which maybe we can go into a little bit more in so yes. detail in a bit. Yeah, and piercings were definitely a common thing and definitely an in joke between members and people into the whole psychic TV um, at <laughs> that time.
0: I think it was um, uh, from the gay community. You know, something that originated in the gay community. That uh, um, the the band appropriated and and blimey, it, it's 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 now a rarity to see uh, a young emo kid who hasn't got uh, <laughs> some crazy uh, um, um, tribal kind of uh, piercing. And uh, this is, I, I guess, this is where it all, all started—the moment that it actually became a um, uh, um, uh, separate yeah. from that specifically gay uh, uh, community. Getting back to the the album here um it's absolutely littered with well, it feels like <laughs> it's a simple design you know it's it's got a, a orchid on the front it 's a psychic t v in um bold capital red letters the album uh title underneath that, and on the back the band's sitting around um a very sunny kind of uh, rocky uh location i've no idea where that is it, it feels European. Uh, Just the blueness of the sky. Maybe
1: Spain or somewhere. Yeah, I'd love to know,
0: actually. I'd love to know where that is. Uh, uh, And then the album tracks are are laid out. And and that's the end of that, seemingly. All the logos from some bizarre uh, little uh, skull uh, made out of the um, cassette um, label, which says, home taping is killing music.
1: Also, this was the um, second Album Psychic TV did with Zuccarelli holophonic recording, which was um, something I never caught on, which was a form of recording which the person that created it was a mannequin with audio recording equipment that was meant to simulate how a human picks up sound in the uh, sound spectrum and stuff. So it's basically they had to take the mannequin around with them and We'll have to edit that. <laughs> <laughs> that's all right we'll leave it <laughs> Carry
0: at that. On. yeah yeah it's a, a crazy setup that the um the, uh, i think there's a, a credit on the inside of the um uh the sleeve that says this this album was recorded entirely without microphones and it seems such a bizarre statement to make but the reality of this uh, strange um, uh, um skull shaped microphone created by Zuccarelli was um um uh, it was. It's very difficult to actually explain the actual uh, <laughs> physics, but I think um, the or the acoustics. But the mm-hmm. idea is that when you hear a sound, you're hearing it through your own skull, and that the uh, the shape of your um, uh, ear chambers and so on, uh, the mm-hmm. physical makeup of your head as a as a biological. But very sort very of deep meta
1: technology. <laughs> <Yeah, laughs>
0: it, it, it would. I mean, that's how you hear the sound. So if you record a sound through all that, uh, something similar. Uh, and this thing was a skull
1: you know it was a, a man's skull they had skull. to take it, that's I know, yeah, it each track was recorded they took it into caves by lake they tried to use it to its fullest extent to simulate certain experiences and if you listen to the album there's ambient tracks into lock in it featuring like animals creatures gunfire martial arts classes it's yeah. a very um, eclectic album very exotic and um, uh, there's a,
0: a, a a claim that would appear in interviews so um, one of the claims was that not only did the this mysterious skull-like microphone capture a 3d quality of sound I mean this was the the, the point of all the the various chambers that it would create a, a 3d like sound uh, um, but also that it would somehow capture the ambience of those places so psychic TV were taking this uh, Crazy skull microphone to um, uh, places that they, they they kind of recognized as being a significant. Um, they did the cultural electric
1: space. Hellfire Club caves yeah. and Med Medmenham near High Wycombe. That yes. was one of the locations I think they went
0: to. And one of the tracks is simply um, the skull being buried in a coffin with um, uh, gravel or dirt uh, um, building up outside it uh so these yeah the, the, but the, the reality is that uh, i've ne- never been able to sort of uh, forget the album i've never not played it it's always come out at least once a week <laughs> and it's always it, uh, each time i i do take it out and listen to it and play it and look at it there's another level of something that i hadn't seen before or hadn't noticed before so it really does feel you know i don't know what the reality of that that claim to be able to capture an atmosphere of a place uh, beyond the, the the sonic level actually you know wh- how true that is but the reality is that this this album spoke to me when i was 15 and Can i took a de- chance with def-
1: it def- definitely agree yeah for something me, has a resonance for me too and probably the strongest lp psychic tv ever made um i think just the opening trap the orchids is probably one of my favorite psychic tv tracks and for the reputation Psychic TV Robin Gristle has, for someone who's an initiated, it's the last thing I expect to hear, which is what people tell me, for the image of being a shock factor band, when you hear how sort of beautiful the arrangements are on the LP as well. It's um
0: Yeah, it's, it it just keeps going, you know, each time a new track comes up there's uh... I mean I don't I we, sh- we shouldn't get too bogged down in the the music itself, but uh the reality of the um, programming of the 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 tracks, the track listing, is it it, it changes from uh, um, genre to genre, <laughs> and it, it's never clear what you're actually listening to. In fact, the first time I I borrowed the album, I recorded my favourite songs from it, and there's about eighteen or nineteen tracks on it, and I think I recorded ten, and then. Um, Got to uh, love those so much that I went back and uh,
1: uh, hired it again. You know, I borrowed it from the library again and then en- ended up just buying the album. I always listening to listen to the album as a whole as well. It didn't feel like, like you could just play a track off. It was a very, not in a prog what way, but conceptual, but it felt like you had to listen to it as one. You know, I don't know if you got that. Yes, from indeed. It.
0: Yeah, it, it, it would uh, have a natural run on. Having a closer look at the graphics, then um, it took me years to notice the dog. Um, or the wolf on on the um, on the back. So and is looking. Hang on, personal, right, right, yeah. No, this is I'm, no. Uh... I, I, I pointed out on, on the <laughs> other album, a cat attached to the skull, which we'll talk about later. But there is a wolf, and the story was that um, they they wanted to hire a wolf. Uh, uh, you know just for um a video that they were making ah but and, that would um, be
1: for terminus yeah i think first so, force yeah. hand of chance yeah
0: and um they it was too expensive i think that the dog handler wanted 200 pounds which in 1983 was you know 10,000 pounds or something so they couldn't afford to do it and they had they just went to the the london zoo and through the um the wire uh fence surrounding the the wolf um, enclosure. Um, there was uh, a, um, a, a wolf came up to visit. I've there. had a
1: magic eye moment <laughs> now, and I
0: can see the wolf. Yeah. So in a... in the lower left, sorry, the lower right of the back um, uh, um, uh, sleeve, there is a. a it, it, you kind of have to know it's there to to spot it, but yes, a, a dog. Um, well, a, a wolf. Uh, peeping out, and this is this is the kind of level that Psychic TV operate on for this mm. with this album, anyway. That there's just so many things buried there. Um, I, I also noticed much later on uh, the. In fact, when I when I first got the album, I thought that Genesis p H. was, uh, the, um, uh, you know, I, I mixed up the two, so I thought that Sleazy <laughs> yeah. Peter Christopherson was. Uh, Genesis Peorage, because I clocked that uh, Genesis was the leader of this band, and the arrangement of the um, the band members on this rocky coastline, wherever it is, um, uh, seems to suggest that uh, um, uh, Peter is the band leader, although no one seems to be actually looking <laughs> at at the camera other than um, uh, Paula, and in the background, the, a shadowy, shadowy figure who um, later it, it becomes uh, it's obvious that he's the band leader, is uh, using his belt buckle to um, angle the um, the sun, so he's reflecting the sun to dazzle the photographer with his um, with his belt buckle, just as a cheeky gesture. And it is not it's not apparent, it's not crystal clear that he's doing that, but um, uh, a sort of buried cheeky gesture, and um, the the other. The other round. Um, it's a quite a, you know, this is a sunny scene. This is a gentle, sunny, bright moment. Um, perhaps more typical of um uh something like I don't know really, A B C
1: mm. might yeah. go out that's, or I mean, um, a Erasure that's, might that's, go out and uh You Psychic TVs have that the appearance of a of a normal pop band with um you've got just something subliminally lurking underneath, which I always thought was kind of the genius and the kind of brilliance about psychic TV is uh Sometimes the first appearances they appear everything appears to be normal, but closer inspection reveals a different lots of different layers <laughs> <to> <laughs> things, so. and
0: uh, it it also took me a few years to notice that the um the arrangement the typographical arrangement of the um album tracks uh form a psychic mm. cross as well uh, um just about yeah, uh, yeah. but it it took a while for me to uh, to spot mm. that arrangement too so yeah just all these extra um, um, bits that uh, um, reveal themselves years later, but it makes you more closely um, connected with the band. Another thing I wanted to really t- to try and be able to do was to visit this, this rocky space. Um, and I was thinking, how would I actually do that? You know, if I wanted to go there, how would I actually do it? And... Uh, one one reason, one means would be just to ask some of the, the people who were there. And I did, uh, two of them are dead now. Um, sleazy and uh, um, John Balance uh, n- no longer with us. I think Alex Ferguson has dropped out of the, the music industry. Yeah, He's, he certainly didn't reply <laughs> to the email I sent him. I think Paula's doing her own thing in America. And... Um, Genesis, perhaps the only person there who might be able to um, say where where this thing is. So that, that yes, I, I think... I feel like...
1: it might, might be near Salvador Dali's. Ah, yeah. They used to... Yeah, yeah. They've been out there a lot during that time, I think. So be interesting to know. It would, uh... There seems to be just about Sleazy's head, there's a clue. Mm. Uh,
0: and that seems to be like a, a, um, a monastery or something. Yeah um or some white building at the top of the hill and just about in the distance in ahead of some of the cliffs is looks like a, a, a lighthouse so there are these kind of visual um clues that um, um and i guess you know if you could work out which way the shadows were falling and uh, guessing where um the, the the sun was you might be able to work out which which side of the land mass mm-hmm.
1: Uh, all of this
0: was and I imagine it's
1: it's probably got a definite resonance because it's psychic TV and most things they did had a specific reason there has to be a reason that they went
0: (laughs) there Um, and um, you know I want to get the joke (laughs) yeah I want to get the reference yeah uh, but it it's so far it's taken thirty years to uh to uh, to get this far, but I will get it. <laughs> so okay, let's uh, turn our attention to some of some of the other things that appeared in this big um, this big old hall. Um we've perhaps done this the other way around, but uh <laughs> um, the first album. Well here was a initially then here was the mystery. So when the um when the uh um the hall arrived, um the everything was in a um a big uh a3 a2 uh, envelope uh with um something about peter x hypnosis on the front and uh in gold capital letters uh reject skulls from ptv lp2 and um uh i, I was intrigued then because the the skulls um the The images of the skulls are um quite clearly from circuit TV's force the hand of chance which is the the first album um but in amongst uh, the um the photographs were two they're actually um this is sort of uh it's, what was it called dymo right
1: uh right.
0: so what well, the, the the kind of machine that you would um it would have a dial on the top, and yeah. you would uh, turn it to each letter. It's like, yeah, on a bigger scale. A trigger. Trigger. For me, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. That's, so that's, uh, um, that crappy um, uh, <laughs> means of uh, labeling something up—a very primitive means of uh, labeling something up clearly. Uh, well, it, it seems like the Dymo company also has some larger um, uh, means to create this, this kind of lettering. So what we've got in front of us is these gigantic strips. Um, of uh um blue rubberized kind of uh, material with a, a adhesive backing and um in, in yellow capitals across the front is uh, psychic t v psychic with a k of course and um and the other one says themes and I wondered whether well I wonder if there's a clue here because the um the first album um had a bonus disc. I think yeah. uh, did they all? I don't know, but uh, the, 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 yes, there was a bonus disc of um, instrumental, ethnographic kind of um, uh, tracks, ritualistic kind of feeling uh, to some of them. That uh, I wondered whether that had been slated as the first release, and then the more poppy "Force the Hand of Chance" being uh, a later, a later one well it's i uh, will never know we we'll probably uh, it's yeah i guess it's not that important but it was an intriguing moment and i suppose just kind of demonstrating the uh, um the close connection that i that i have with the album so uh in case anyone is unfamiliar with what uh, what is on the front of that album there's a, a bright blue um very attractive almost like a, the sky blue from the um the band photograph on uh, "Dreams Less Sweet," but a sky blue uh, background, gold-edged and uh, um, vivid kind of uh, lettering. But then this uh, horrible uh, image in the in the middle of all that, um, which is this, uh, I suppose, voodoo-esque kind of um, um, decaying skull with all all sorts of. Um, attachments uh, uh, i think these are porcupine quills um sticking out of its head uh all sorts of colored feathers string nails um i don't know what that is attached to the uh, to the eye it, w- yeah. what are we seeing
1: no i've never worked out myself what it is actually Some, on the, is, it's, it, like it, a, it's like a talisman or something over the eye it's
0: almost like a piece of um uh, egg shell yeah um <laughs> that's been um uh, formed to create a big uh, um, staring mad eye and uh, closer inspection reveals um, uh, uh, blue tacked together bits as well so r- <laughs> rather obvious blue plasticine or something holding holding it together and the, the teeth have been filed down deliberately into points to give it a, an even mm. more menacing um, uh, kind of presence so this is a totally scary object <laughs> um, and um, no two ways about it, you know. The band are there to to surprise you, to terrify you, really. So uh, uh, yeah, almost the the opposite of the, the second album, which is subtle.
1: Yes. So I yeah, think this yeah. is an
0: attractive, beautiful object. But uh, you know, I, I think if you're if you're if you can't stop looking at something or uh, revisiting it, I mean, then it's attractive in in one form. I
1: would imagine it's especially specially designed with a purpose again. I said a lot of psychedelic TVs work always generally had a specific reason, and they were at that time involved with, you know, different methods of inquiry into esoteric practice. So it would be a definite esoteric magical, what we were trying to achieve, I'm not sure. I think it's, um, a... it's certainly something, well,
0: it, things come full circle with politics sometimes. So the, the kind of um, esoteric thing that David Cameron would classify in <laughs> his um, crackdown yes. on um, um, internet filtering well, exactly the same thing in um, Thatcher-era um, England. And eventually it became the downfall of uh, Genesis PRH and yeah. led to him being... Uh, Exil for ten years. years. Possi- possibly yeah. self-imposed exile, but uh, there certainly was a very real raid on his home and uh, any amount of his um, uh, collection, his archives, personal archives removed by the police and destroyed ultimately without... Uh, charges being uh, uh pressed and i think it really was
1: just um perhaps the head was part of perhaps this yes it's,
0: i mean uh, another another layer of the saga of me um um uh being interested in this uh, initial image was um about 10 years ago another ebay auction and um this time by coil themselves and um, part of their, um, I think they were just lightening their load, perhaps realizing that they weren't going to live in um, London for much longer. Uh, some of the things they were selling, apart from the, the, the kind of the signed album uh, sleeves, were the um, the truly rare, exclusive moments before any of the albums actually go into production, and that is all the um, um, photographs that uh, uh, go up um, to making the album art. Uh, and what we, what I saw, uh, about 10 years ago was, um, uh, one of the unused, no, I think it was actually the one that was used. So, a, so the photograph that was eventually used for the album, um, sleeve, I thought, well, it would be beautiful to have, um, um, the, the original photograph of that, that would be a great thing to own. And the, the, um, the auctions were yanked by eBay because the um uh amongst the other, some of the yeah. other things that were up for sale were the um uhbetan thigh yeah. bone <laughs> trumpets um that um uh obviously eBay would see them differently to um how um, the, the bank yeah. saw them as being you know evidence of i suppose accessory to murder was the <laughs> was the closer yes. kind of uh, um, concern for owning human
1: remains, um, always a, a, a tricky issue. So that entire... Um, Most of I've actually got these in the first place, where I must have travelled <laughs> to Tibet to possibly get them um, at that time. I don't know where you'd pick up such things. I
0: remember that in London at the time there was a, a Tibet shop mm. that had all sorts of cushions and... Um, uh, things to wear and uh, also, incense
1: sticks and, also as uh, far as well at that time, David Tibet from Ninety Three was still involved with the band and for those that don't know Tibet got his son but basically he did uni he's got a degree in Tibet and he studied everything related to Tibet and was an expert on that so I'd imagine that they possibly came from David Tibet's
0: personal collection they may well have done speculation So, at that time, the the auction was yanked. Um, none of the um, amazing things that uh, um, I was hoping to buy then um, materialised. And um, it wasn't until very recently then that uh, the um, an even better set of photographs turned up and all sorts of angles. It's this curious moment where, um, just when you're so familiar with a particular image, that uh, seeing it just yeah. from the side uh, and in the studio, it would have been a meaningless, tiny uh, decision just to take a photograph from another angle. But after something has been iconic in that way yeah. for such a long
1: time... It's like seeing a director's cut of a film for the first time, seeing something different, something you're familiar with being changed, certainly... And in in this instance,
0: um, it reveals. Oh, I mean, all we're seeing is the 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 skull from the side, and everything else seems to be in place. Um, the um, the porcupine quills are still there. Um, all the, the the orange feathers attached to the. Um, uh, uh, there's some kind of material rag uh, wrapped around the the. Um, uh, um, the, the skull that uh, is, it's just clearer to see that it's probably like a torn up uh, stocking or tights, isn't it? That uh, that's been um, um, wrapped around there. But um, a- another thing that I noticed so on the Dreamless Sweet album art is the hidden dog or the the wolf. I keep calling it a dog, mm-hmm. uh, and it turns out there's a hidden cat um, on the side of the um, the skull. So it it's only really apparent once you've decided that it is there and then everything else falls into place that there's a I I guess it's a charm, I guess it's um, some kind of um uh magic totem or something that um uh yeah, just another element to attach to it and it seems to have like a necklace of um, shells or something. I don't really know what those what those are, but uh, Curious little thing, and then you can see the 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 feet, and then the yeah. rear half of that cat is it's um, wrapped in bandages, uh, so a little mummified something that's been a- a- attached to the side there. In the actual album art, it's it's nearly impossible to see uh, because you're looking at it uh, front uh, front on, but it is there. You can see this sort of um, curious little cat's head uh, image peeping out. On the back of the album is um, another clue as to why the specific uh, colours were chosen for the, the, the um, typography. So it's this um, brilliant blue and yellow um, uh, design. Uh, and on the back, um, there's a picture of Genesis and Sleazy in the studio somewhere, and then an inset mm. of um, um, Alex Ferguson. And um, he's obviously this is Piccadilly um, Square. The the statue of uh, Eros is it is behind him, deliberately in in, in this shot. And also um, I think that the full uh, it's cropped, but I think the full um, uh, uh, advertisement. So this is the area in London where there's a, any amount of uh, flashing, high profile. Uh, adverts for various companies, uh, top-end companies. And I think uh, what we're seeing is a trimmed-down section of um, uh, Philips TV, Video, Mm. something else. And the way that uh, the... um, This is almost certainly Sleaze's joke. uh, The way that's been trimmed down is to reveal a um, a Pete and TV, uh, for Psychic TV, uh, as a joke. And the colours of that uh, advert seem to inform the um the, the graphic itself in the in the album and then on the on the back as well there's this crazy object that looks like it's almost like a 3d printed <laughs> thing from the yeah. future and, and this is um this is the year is 1982 and there's this huge um model of um it's difficult to actually work out what uh what it is at first but uh it seems to be like a, a, uh, an expensive logo mm. with the um, the various letters. Well, it's PTV um, uh, slotted together, and um, the the arrangement of those letters forms the psychic cross. Uh, uh, and it's just this very expensive um, looking uh, branding element, I suppose. And the band themselves are wearing their. Um, uh dog collars gray costumes mm-hmm. and dog collars and um everything about it if you're if 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 this is the first thing that you see about the band is um <laughs> uh an in, intriguing but sinister yeah there's there's nothing welcoming
1: <laughs> really about about this uh, uh this moment i think' there's, um the, the same photo shoot the recent cold spring reissue of themes, the box set. I think there's more pictures I think in the booklet through that of the same photo shoot of um, Genesis and Sleazy.
0: Yeah, one of the, the other items that I'm searching for at the moment is a Polaroid, which is another um, uh, moment of the, that photo shoot. Uh, here we are. So this, this is such a big hall that it's difficult to actually find uh, wow. So that seems to be like a a, a, pol- a polaroid of another photograph wow. that I've never seen before, and uh, another another one still. And I've never
1: like, seen that one before. Yeah. So
0: yeah. I think the the, sh- the shadows are just slightly um, um, too too cheesy. You know, the uh, <laughs> the darkened half light uh, for it to actually have been used, and um, whatever the um, metal skull that they're um uh near in this picture has got its jaws open wide as if to bite and uh yeah uh, but again i've not i haven't seen those those pictures ever anywhere and um having that extra that extra moments revealing some part of the uh, design process is interesting but uh yeah the the whole thing of seeing um just a tantalizing extra glimpse of something that uh, um is completely opaque yeah, it's a this is a, a cryptic um, this is a cryptic album sleeve so there are other things in the hall um, one well we were talking about holophonics mm-hmm. uh-huh. earlier on and then um, inside the hall is uh, a well this is the press wow. announcement and I don't think I've ever encountered anything similar to this that um, the, the record label, Sun put out a, uh, a press release, not for the album itself per se, but for the, um, the recording process. So there is much uh, selling the, um, the, the way in which it was recorded as the actual recordings themselves. So they are playing back the recordings. But all this, so that it's this um, A4 size bright red, um a glossy piece of card uh, printed in black describing the, the strange process of what the um the, the zuccherelli uh, sorry the zuccherelli <laughs> holophonic 3d sound actually is and um yeah it's talking about the description here by Amazing. Schmaltz. <laughs> i don't know who that is it's talking about silicon and
1: organic fluids um, not employing the uses yeah. of conventional That's, audio systems. Even if an electronics expert examined the generator, it's unlikely he'd be able to understand the functioning. <laughs> it's, it's, um, yeah, it's they're, a, they're making it clear yeah. that uh, this is not a microphone. I heard as well with the holophonic recording system as that um, Paul McCartney and Pink Floyd are actually hankering after this and. Zuccarelli would you know, he was he wanted to give it to Psychic T V and not to someone mainstream, someone who he thought could use it to its fullest extent. So I don't know um how true that rumour is, but that's one of the other stories surrounding the um, holophonic recording process.
0: Yeah, I think the the um uh when Hugo Z- Zuccarelli was pitching all this stuff, uh, the people who were interested in um, using it were just the, the richest musicians. Yes. Um, who saw it as another way to sell what they already uh, were doing rather than to do anything actually exciting with the process. And th- th- this is such an unusual moment in technology that um, uh, you would turn down Michael Jackson. But well, I think mm-hmm. Jack- Michael Jackson did actually use it on, on right. um, um, one of his uh, um, mid-'80s albums, but not not to do anything exciting with, merely to be able to say... That uh, you know, just an extra layer of uh, um, recording sound rather than um, rather than anything else. I think Paul McCartney wanted to was interested, but wanted it entirely for himself. <laughs> that he wanted to just uh, uh, um, use the um, um, uh, yeah, just to to keep it as something that uh, uh, we we would just associate with with his mm. music. And uh, I'll probably change the name of
1: Pitts and McCartney Holophonic. Yes, somewhere down the line. Yeah,
0: yeah. And um it was very interesting that uh Zuccarelli wasn't interested in um uh selling
1: to those guys. And in fact it seems like he didn't do anything with it. It didn't. Uh, it disappeared. There was, there was yeah, it, it never seemed to get got use Michael Jackson might have used it, but it never seemed to have appeared again. I'm not too sure. I've never really researched what, what happened, but there was I don't know if you know, an LP that sample that showed you it in use and it was just recordings of waterfalls the rain there is a zucker really just just that showcasing and i've seen it before in second hand stores i've since closed down second hand record stores and it used to go for about 15 pounds i've never heard the recording it was just pure ambient you know nature recordings a bit more it as like a primer to show people what it was capable of but as to what happened maybe the uh American uh, government, someone intercepted this, yeah. maybe it's been, it's used for covert research purposes now, I'm not too sure, but maybe there's another, you know, interesting avenue to pursue there. I think it's, <laughs> I think it's curious that it did just disappear. Yeah, it was, no mention. It's almost like, um, so it
0: was, this is what happened to Alex <laughs> in the band, that he just yeah. got fed up of the music industry. Um. Um, disgusted with it, and uh, maybe this is what happened with the, with Zucchero really as well. That he he the obvious thing yeah. if you've got a recording process is to approach the music industry to see if that's the way albums could be recorded. And um, very quickly he decided uh, not to have anything else to do with it. Well, another um, classic um, bit of um, graphic associated yes. with the band <laughs> is um, this again just terrifying moment. Uh, so I guess this is the test broadcast card from a, a theoretical uh, TV station. Uh, all the, the kind of um, um, graded uh, shading and dots and lines and uh, curious little numbers that uh, you would use to test the, the signal on your TV. Uh, or always, that when those test cards did appear on the TV, I guess they don't happen anymore uh they it would all, always be a creepy moment you know it's yes, always definitely. The, yeah, yeah. I, I, was, I was never actually terrified it by as There's a child very
1: strange they, very very odd about them i the mean, famous one the girl with the doll and all yeah. and crosses board they've got like a bizarre ambience too it's something you can't put your finger on but they're very yeah <laughs> great basically it's uh, yeah and and well what we're seeing here is
0: psychic tv's own equivalent of of that and um Yes, there's just a big grinning uh, skull in the middle of the um the t v uh graphic um very powerful very um, uh, uh, um. i suppose mm. it's if if you are in thats what it means to me then my reading of what that is why is it terrifying what were they able to do with skulls that um um, made it somehow not quite as cheesy or yeah. um, obvious as some of the other gothic bands Definitely, who would use yeah. them as standard. Um, well, it, it, it's where they're putting these the skills. So if you're if you're in charge of a TV station that's able to broadcast, <laughs> then you've got a certain amount of technology and money and uh, power uh, behind you. And why would you ever want to broadcast something with this this skull? What what is it? What is your intention? So I don't think they ever really were doing anything evil, you know. And yeah. about, uh, mischievous for sure. Definitely yes. Yeah. Um, but the way they, um, uh, I, I, you know, I think the success here with the band, as much as the the music, is the graphic design and it's no coincidence that uh, um peter Christopherson, this was his uh, other career that he would be very sensitive to um encoding particular arrangements to allow an- uh, another layer of interpretation about the band so it's obvious that if there's a skull involved it's going to be a, f- a fairly dark uh, um uh, kind of theme to a lot of the uh, to a lot of the, the, the music but to encode it in a particular way, so to put it inside this uh, TV station broadcast test card, uh, for me anyway, just uh, creates this, this whole ambience of s- success. Well, it, what I mean is that, it, it, yes, that uh, it, the big expensive public um, accepted uh, um, corporate almost uh, moments that they're able to... Um, I, I think it, it's also... Uh, clear from the the album graphics on both of the albums that we've been discussing how expensive everything is yeah so they uh, the later uh records would be very much diy um aesthetic collage together um images and um uh, fairly ropey kind of um uh, uh graphics and typography, but while they were with these uh the yeah. the, the major label so yeah. these were major labels that um become interested in the band uh after their throbbing gristle incarnation and whereas uh t g never had any major label um involvement in in their first incarnation anyway um uh, certainly, the uh, the record companies became interested in them, and um, both of the, the the albums we've been discussing have been on, uh, I think it's WEA, Warner Brothers, for the first album, and CBS for the second album. Yeah. And I think, essentially, they were allowed to do what they wanted for the, f- the first uh, couple of records, and then subtly... Um, encouraged to do uh, something more commercial or pop orientated and the thing is they did do that they they, you know it was um, later but they did it independently so when they became um, a more uh, pop um, psychedelic kind of sound they they created their own label to do that on and while they were with the major labels they um, they were doing some really dark uh, things and I can't really come up with any (laughs) Parallels.
1: I don't know if if you can think of anything, no, Andy. Where I still think what they what they were doing back then is still very innovative today. There's nothing. Yeah, I don't think there's any of a parallels. No one did. No one took it as far as they did with the avenues of research for ideas. Um, I just I don't think there's anything anything else to compare it with.
0: No, I it? think uh, whenever you do get something in that industrial or dark uh um gothic kind of a- uh atmosphere it's always on an independent label or it's something um independently produced or diy um and it's it it's never on the scale it's never at the uh, kind of commercial heights that the these two albums operated yeah. on and i think that's one you know one reason that we um that uh, they are so intriguing, that it, it all feel felt official. You know, yeah. it really felt like um, they'd, they'd like, found yeah. their way far from being a, um, a cult. So everything yeah. about the, the images that we've been describing so far are cult-like. Yeah. But instead of it being hidden and underground, it's in the most visible
1: yeah.
0: uh, public place. It's on TV, you know, if we're accepting this test card literally... They're on, they've got their own TV channel. And to be on the major label with yeah. um, visibly a lot of money going into... So the thing I was describing earlier that, that, that feels to me like um, a 3D printed kind of uh, arrangement. Uh, must I don't know what it is, but it, it might have mm-hmm. been carved out of wood or uh, mm-hmm. moulded out of plastic. Um, but uh, whatever, whatever it was... Um, I mean, how would you um, carve? uh the inside um, mm-hmm. part of this complicated three d shape um I don't know it must be an industrial molding of some sort, but the the bottom line is it must have been very expensive to make that um uh you know hundreds and hundreds of pounds just to make this one off thing in a way that if you're an independent band it's you know almost gonna be the entire budget for recording your album, let alone one um prop to sit on a shelf for the photo shoot for the back of the album uh well uh, yes I I think all these combined kind of visual layers uh um, uh, uh, build up to arrive at this uh, very dense kind of uh, um uh, surrounding of uh, um, layers of visual intention I suppose so what else have we got in the in the hall? <laughs> I'll un- un- unravel one or two more things. Some of them are fairly, fairly um, um, banal kind of things. So there's some uh, skulls with numbers on just a photocopied thing uh, and a few um, uh, um, amendments just kind of uh, done in biro or marker pen, very low level. Um, there's also a ticket for a show in Iceland so um whoever uh and it's it's still intact mm-hmm. as well. Um number five hundred and ninety. So I don't know how literally to take that, but uh, this must have been quite a successful uh yeah. l- large scale show that they've oh, secured. Also in, uh, with
1: Cookle, yeah. York's
0: first band I've just noticed as well. Yes, yeah, so there's um a note on I remember um some time ago there was uh, an album being uh, sold, that was signed by John Balance. Uh, I think it was the the live album of mm. this show, Those uh, those Who Do Not, it was called. And the text that had been written on the, the album by John Balance was uh, a description of going to Iceland for this show and that uh, Bjork wouldn't talk to them. That uh, <laughs> So he'd written this on as a kind of inscription onto the album. The, the album itself, that uh, um, Bjork and uh, the members of Kukul were a little mm-hmm. bit distant. But I thought, I, I'm not surprised, you know, if this is, uh, who knows what they were like <laughs> to be with uh, on the road. Probably a lot of fun. Mm. You know, I, I, I think this is all um, a big kind of show that um, uh, they were putting on to attract a certain calibre of uh, fan, I think. and By all accounts, you know, I'm sure they were... Uh, uh, normal, fun people to, to be around. But um, you, perhaps uh, perhaps Kukul and Bjork mm. didn't take that on face value and had seen yeah. all these horrifying skulls <laughs> and uh, um, just didn't know what to make and perhaps that was the reason for that um, icy kind of thing. was mm,
1: Hilmar born hilmarsson was actually part of the lineup for that show as well? Yeah. who's he since now working with Sigur Rós and uh, he's not working with people as extreme so he me these days it seems i think even then though he had
0: like a pop kind of sensibility yeah. didn't he that he had a fun kind of light uh um, yeah. uh moment. yeah certainly uh and what else am i able to show you i think uh, perhaps one more thing uh, this was the the poster for the um, the icelandic live show uh-huh. Looks like that. and um the big black and white graphic in the
1: middle of this. I don't know if you know anything about the history of this uh, this image. And um, the... This one, as always, I've ne- never worked out myself. This was distributed within Temple of Psychic Youth, leaflets, pamphlets, and um, it appears to be almost somewhere like like Africa, but the, there's a hut. Someone, it looks like someone's being initiated, but... I don't even know where to begin because you've got the soldier on, on the other side. Which I mean, it indicates someone being initiated in a time of war in a place that maybe there's a crisis, you know, a civil war. It indicates it looks it's something about the, the architecture of the kind of the roofing on, on the huts. It seems just like it's from an African village. Yeah, it is but, just a grass hut. But the it? um the top of it has a psychic cross coming out of it. And I don't know if that's a fabrication to kind of make people think that. The, the Temple of Psychic Youth was more worldwide than they thought it was to make it seem like it had a global impact, or maybe there really was Temple of Psychic Youth shelters in places like <laughs> Uganda or so. Yeah. I'm not. I've no idea it's, about this picture. I think this is the point that um it's
0: really hard to read. What uh, you know? What What are you supposed to take from from seeing this image?
1: It's It's probably one of the only other images that I no idea what i've always baffled me this one as as to what uh where what when has it been doctored in any way very subtly so it's uh no idea
0: none of the so there are three figures in this image one is the uh, uh, initiated person Mm -hmm. who's on his knees in front of a robed uh uh, dark dark hair figure very voodoo priest kind of uh yeah it's um he's got a sort of uh, dark, slicked back hair and a long cane or something.
1: Yes, has kind of the para-boots associated yes. yeah. <laughs> with the uh, Temple of Science yes, <laughs> at the yeah. time as well. Um, but but the, uh,
0: um, I, I think uh, yeah, none, none of their faces are visible or are in shadow, so it's a big, bright, outdoor, uh, seemingly African village mm. scene, but everyone's face is in shadow or uh, they've got their back to us. And then the other figure is this armed soldier. So he seems to be guarding the entrance to this grass hut uh, in an active, armed way. Um, so everything about the image is uh, cryptic and sinister. You know, the, mm. it's very difficult to see that. So if you were Bjork and um, you'd seen that um, you'd been asked to do the support slot for this band, Psychic TV, maybe you knew a little bit about their history as uh, TG, uh, possibly not. But if this is the poster that you were um, given Mm -hmm. to distribute to friends to encourage them to come along, um, it's not a welcoming... You know, it's it's, there's nothing to say, um, here's a band that I want to be friends with. You know, here's a band (laughs) that are actually welcoming me into their world. I, I... on face value, it's a sort of um, um, it's an open, it's an a, 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 an honest kind of yeah. revelation to to have all these moments, you know, that, because if this really was something that that happened in in uh, in their world,
1: but you'd quite, want to keep yeah, quiet about it. They may well have have took a pilgrimage to visit a tribe in Africa about Genesis, somewhere, been interested in their practice. Um, just as well but the, the main character of that is, Kneeling down being initiated, may well be Genesis, but there's also a pair of boots to the side that have been left outside no-one's wearing. You seem to catch people might be inside uh, yes, the hood as well. I not
0: really uh, that, but it's true, yeah someone else might already be in there. So, um, I think that's, that's as much as I can <laughs> uh, show you. Everything uh, about those uh, images, is um disturbing intriguing inviting uh closer analysis uh and i think that this is the the moment that a lot of um well it's possibly very different today how we actually um uh, hear our hear our music but if you're a 14 or 15 year old um, uh, in in leafing through those albums in uh, in Denton uh, Free Library in 1985, trying to find a way into something, you know, just um, uh, in those days, unless you knew the music because it was on the radio or on that, the top the pots or something, it was almost impossible to know what what it sounded like. You know, it wasn't easy to play the record in the library I'm sure they might have done but it's, it wasn't common to ask to hear the record and uh, and you were going entirely on the um the the, the face value of the the f- specifically the front of those um album sleeves and then for uh, those sleeves to have so much kind of um the hook of uh, uh at once repelling and attracting you at the same time and then just every single uh extra layer just being visual layer just being more and more um r- riddles just uh, yeah. en- enigmas and not being able to get to the bottom <laughs> of it you know th- i think i remember reading reviews of um tg and uh, the uh, the reviewer saying oh i wish tg would just tell tell us what just deliver <laughs> the the punch line. you know i i i get that it's all a joke Uh, But what is the punchline? Can't they just tell us? And I think these early moments, especially when uh, um, Peter Christopherson was involved in the band, and it was just for the the two albums that we've been talking about and the various live shows that we've been discussing the tickets and uh, poster for. Once he left the band, I think that that particular level of intrigue um, levelled off, and certainly when they became a a more pop-orientated band, I think they wanted to leave behind some of the sort of uh, military uh, or militant or uh, um, um, skinhead kind of associations that they'd uh, deliberately fostered in the first place. I think perhaps they became, um, I don't know, what what was your reading of it? Do you think that they became a little scared by what they created themselves? Yeah, I I
1: think definitely, yeah. I think Genesis always... He disbanded the Temple of Psychic Youth in was it nineteen ninety one, ninety two, and there were people that even though he he called the whole thing off, they carried it on without him. And I think he was aware that he'd cultivated mainly sycophants rather than people looking to be, you know, sort of individual patterns of thought. He'd create some, you know. I think mean, yeah, he was basically scared of what he'd created. Definitely, so. I
0: think that whole movement. I mean, I wasn't
1: involved in it in mm-hmm. any way. I think even
0: as a a, a teenager, mm-hmm. I thought, well, I'm intrigued by all this, but obviously, I'm never <laughs> going to go and meet these uh, these these people. Um, I'll see them, you know, go see them live and enjoy the music. But uh, that was as close as I as I ever got. But I think it always was just. Um, uh, uh, focusing on the individual, you know, r- rather than uh, being a, a genuine cult. I think they were encouraging people to um, uh, um, make their own explorations and make their own kind of uh,
1: yeah, but decisions. Yeah, they did it. a good thing. They provided um, access to information. Um, you know, they promoted authors from William Burroughs. They tried to encourage people to read into different... Um, Writers, thinkers, you know, it was a lot about even sometimes the people they would promote would contradict each other. It, it was about trying to just experience different avenues of thought, experimenting with different ideas. So I, do, I think, yeah, I think my exposure to it was definitely positive. It was definitely, um, Temple of Psychic Youth literature and things referenced people, which I went and, went and checked out, and um, it definitely did have a positive impact that way. Yeah I think the thing that I took uh, away from it be, you know beyond the music was the um just
0: this this kind of uh, idea that being very thorough on many many levels of uh, um what it is you're doing to understand what you're doing yeah what you want to do and um yeah yeah the, everything else kind of falls into place there I think it genuinely was a, an intriguing moment and I don't think um anything
1: Remotely like it has happened. No, since. So, that's the amazing thing I think about Psyche TV is that still now in 2013, I think it's very relevant. And if you're if you've ne- if you're new to it, it's very hard to s- tell someone where to start. investigating but I still think there's a lot of very interesting, some very relevant things and ideas stuff. The, the ideas that never manifested. They had to do things, events. And they did one point want to have their own TV station, but back in the 80s it was a lot more money to invest now we've got youtube the internet this kind of idea radical you know disseminating information decentralizing things it's kind of become a reality globally anyway but i think a lot of the um ideas the lps the global stuff i did very unique um the 23 live albums and the 23rd of each month um very ambitious projects and um very inspiring still. So if you if you're new to this, recommend you definitely uh, <laughs> check out some more leads. <laughs>
0: yeah, I'd certainly recommend the two albums that we've uh, um, discussed so far as starting points. And if if you if you enjoy those, then that's the most challenging, I think, that you're you're going to be exposed to by by the band. I was thinking of the uh, band Sun as uh, possibly one of the few bands to flirt i guess with um a whole mm. layer of um uh um s- not really subliminal but uh, um cryptic layers of non specifically gothic imagery yeah and uh, a specific stage presence in costume but it's all i think it's all face value you know i don't Definitely, think that yeah. you've got any i think it's any more motivation language,
1: yeah much yeah. but that's the thing it's for the the sort of hardcoreness of what they were doing, they wanted you know, they, it's just like it's like method adapting in a sense, you know, we're doing something with music, it's getting I'm trying to explain, articulate this, but you know, what they were doing, I put my money where their mouth I was trying to basically do so. It wasn't fake posturing, everything you kind of seen or they hinted at. They were definitely practising these ideas at twenty four seven. It was very much a lifestyle um Genesis has always been like that, you know, very fully involved in what he takes on <laughs> it's uh
0: okay well i think that's the last thing that i can uh, um show you i think uh, the uh, okay. e- the ebay seller in question has got another <laughs> Set of coil-related things yeah. that I'm hoping to put a bid on. Ah, so ah. perhaps in the future we can, uh, if I am this, the the winner. Who, who also, is this mystery eBay? Who, who, who is he? Is, yeah. he I, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know what the connection <laughs> yeah, is yeah. between him and where all this stuff came from. So the, yeah, it
1: must have a connection with some of the stuff here. Is, um, this is all perfectly preserved. So yeah. the
0: poster we've been talking about is carefully folded and has been looked after. The photos have obviously uh, uh, been stored well. And I think it's someone who's been at some point very close to the the band. Uh, It was a farm in Wales where all this came from. So there's a sense that he sort of escaped from uh, (laughs) whatever that lifestyle was to get away from it. And then this is the final... Uh, connection with the past mm-hmm. being uh, sold off on eBay yeah. to get get rid, out <laughs> get out of his life. I was once a
1: temple of psych yeah. initiates. So, <laughs> so. Um, um,
0: but uh, for for the moment anyway, it represents a an intriguing visual um, uh, journey. Uh, um, all of this kind of stuff, I, I always feel there should be some kind of archive for. The, the very successful um, um, visual kind of statements that uh, um, can exist as a record for anyone who's sort of researching all this stuff, especially as it seems as if it's not going to be around for much longer. So are posters still collectible in yeah. uh, 2013 for, for bands? Hmm. Or is it enough to be able to say, well, you know, just... Um,
1: google that image and then i've seen it and there it is uh, so maybe there should be an exhibition of psychic tv ephemera and things at some point people could get give given their collections uh. yeah
0: well I, um i went down to the um vna uh, a few months ago for the bowie exhibition uh-huh, yeah. and um uh, there is a stronger musical element to that as well but it is purely uh you know visual kind of exhibition. Uh, on on one level, it's um, just chock full of um, things that he has Bowie has saved yeah. uh, throughout his life, and um, I, I guess that uh, the psychic TV too have uh, gigantic kind yeah. of uh, archives just <laughs> waiting you've... for somebody to um, uh, turn into something.
1: Uh, um... Yeah, there must. Be, I think there must be tons of stuff out there. The output. Overviews were so prolific, there were so many tours, events, and things. There must be lots of stuff out there somewhere.
0: Okay, well, thanks very much for joining me, Andy. Thank you. And we'll see you again soon on a future uh, edition of Reese Leaves. Thank you.